0: before God and one another, that we have sinned in thought, in word, and in deed, and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition, together as his people let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God, our Heavenly Father, seeking His grace for the sake of Christ, and saying, God, be merciful unto me, a sinner. Almighty God, have mercy upon us forgive, forgive us, us our sins and, sins and, and lead, lead us, us to everlasting, everlasting life amen. amen almighty god in his mercy has given his only son to die for you and for his sake forgive you all of your sins as a call that ordained servant of the word i therefore forgive you your sins in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen, amen. heaven and on earth, mercifully hear the prayers of your people, grant us your peace through all our days, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Scripture readings for this, the second Sunday after the Epiphany. The Old Testament lesson from the third chapter of 1 Samuel, verses 1 through 10. The young man Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. And then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and he ran to tell Eli, and he said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And so he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel, and Samuel arose and he went to Eli and he said here I am for you called me but he said I did not call my son lie down again and now Samuel did not yet know the Lord and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him and the Lord called Samuel again the third time and he arose and he went to Eli and said here I am for you called me and then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the young man therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And so Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Epistle lesson from the sixth chapter of 1 Corinthians, verses 12 through 20. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. Food is meant for the stomach, and the stomach for food, and God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. And so glorify God in your body. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. God, Lord. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. And he found Philip and he said to him, Follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, You will see heaven opened, and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord
0: We confess our holy Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible
2: Peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Our text today is from the first chapter of John. These words Philip found Nathanael, and he said to him, We've found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? This is our text, dear friends in our Lord Jesus. Figures of speech, particularly the ones that we call idioms, they can well describe the way that we live our lives. Idioms. They're phrases that would literally mean one thing, but used symbolically, they they take the literal to a higher, more general sense. They're phrases like down for the count, the boxing term, but you know what it means in your life. You're down for the count. Shaking off the rust another idiom that we often use you know what it means mechanically speaking to get a machine flowing smoothly but you also know what it means for your life too when you've got to shake the rust off idioms of course they mean different things as you go from culture to culture they differ from culture to culture germans might say he sleeps like a woodchuck we'd understand it better if if he would have said he sleeps like a log or someone who we would say, in the, in the American vernacular, we would say talks the talk but doesn't walk the walk. The British would say he's all mouth and trousers talk. Americans say that someone's happy-go-lucky, he walks in a carefree, he lives in a carefree way, happy-go-lucky. Asian Indians say that he walks like an elephant, no care attitude. The idioms that we in our American culture use, they can indeed, as I said before, well describe the way that we live. Because I think it's true even from the time that we're wet behind the ears that we, we do live, we, we learn to live life, letting the sleeping dogs lie so that we don't rock the boat. And sometimes in life, we'll find ourselves between a rock and a hard place. Other times on cloud nine, certainly when life hands us those lemons, we know what to do with them. We make lemonade, but we always look for the silver lining in the cloud because every dark cloud has one and whether we fly solo in life or we as they say get hitched we learn through time that it's good to stop and smell the roses here and there because before long we too will ride off into the sunset idioms today we can add an idiom to our vernacular today we can add one to our christian vernacular today's gospel reminds us what life is like for us Christians under the fig tree, so to speak. Interesting thing about the phrase under the fig tree, some believe it actually to be a Hebrew idiom, a Hebrewism as they call it. And they just might be right. The use of the phrase in the Old Testament seems to suggest that under the fig tree meant that one was abiding peacefully in prosperity, in faithful contentment but yet with a certain sense of the Messianic. Here's one usage of it. It's said in First Kings and Judah and Israel dwelt safely, each man under his vine and under his fig tree, from Dan as far as Beersheba all the days of Solomon. Micah uses it this way. He says, they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and everyone shall sit under his vine and under, and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid contentment, peace. But yet with the messianic, Zechariah says this, and I will remove the iniquity of the land in one day. And in that day, says the Lord, everyone will invite his neighbor under his vine and under his fig tree. Well, that's where we find Nathaniel today. Literally, to be sure, for we can take Christ at face value when he said he saw him under the fig tree But also under the fig tree, so to speak, waiting in contented but expectant hope for the Messiah. The text seems to suggest that that's exactly how Nathaniel was, waiting for the Messiah. Openly and honestly waiting for him. Christ said he wasn't the kind to be duplicitous about it. In him was no deceit, he said. He he was the kind who wore his hope on his sleeve, so to speak. So there was Nathanael waiting for the Messiah. He expected him. But he didn't expect the appearance. He didn't expect from whence he would come, he didn't expect Nazareth. God came to Nathanael through Philip, no doubt, but he came to Nathanael. He came with his word of promise, the one that assured Nathanael that God was accomplishing God's purposes. In Nathanael's life. In this case, Nathanael, your Messiah is here. Your Messiah is here. The one scripture Moses and the prophets told you about. He's here. It's now. It's happening. Nathanael, God's working in your life, Nathanael. That's the promise. But what does Nathanael perceive? That's the promise. But really? Nazareth? Nazareth, he says, come on, Nazareth, that two-bid, one-horse town, historically known mostly for the outlaws and the the highway robbers and bandits that seem to collect there a sort of scourge of Galilee. Moses and the prophets say, this is the one. But Nazareth, can anything good really come from Nazareth? You see, under the fig tree so to speak. Under the fig tree, is, it's where faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen, it's where faith collides and meets with those things that are seen. Under the fig tree, so to speak, is where hopeful expectations collide with the mundane and the rather unimpressive, so often concealed ways that God works in our lives. Under the fig tree, so to speak, it's where what God said he would do Intersects with the unexpected and the mysterious and the lowly so often ways that he does what he's promised to do. That moment where faith and its expectations intersects sight and its observations. It's where we Christians live our lives, isn't it? It's where we live our lives. That's life under the fig tree. It's life under the fig tree. God's promised this but we perceive this. Think about how often we do live life under the fig tree, at that intersection of, of faith and, and sight. Consider. God's promised us grace sufficient, strength for the day. But the illness is wearing you right out, or your loved one wearing you out and making you tired. And as far as we can see, seems to us like grace deficient not sufficient but grace deficient for the day we forget though that God measures good to us perfectly having in mind not only our bodies but also our souls and the eternity of our souls and perhaps not only ours but those whom our lives touch but yet forgetting this we'll believe it too often to be grace deficient and it's wrong Or he's told us that he'll work all things together. He's promised us he'll work all things together for the good of those whom he's called. But but after weeks and months of battling for her little life in and out of the womb, now things don't look so good for her. Tubes and nodes sticking out of and sticking onto her little three-pound frame in that neonatal ICU. We ask, is this really what it looks like? god working all together for good investments are great and just at the right time because you've been wanting to do do that remodel job for some time and then in a single day's time fortunes and futures collapse and you're left standing in your new kitchen or your new house perhaps holding the bill savings all licked up like dew in the morning sun there's nothing left mortgage is tight groceries are tight It's at that intersection, perhaps, that the phrase give us this day our daily bread becomes for us more of a defiant challenge to God than a trusting affirmation that indeed he'll give us this day what he's promised, though it may not be in the way that we expect or prefer. Even the church is under the fig tree, isn't it? Even here, faith, what's unseen... Those things unseen intersect with our sight. You know that God's promised that through His church, and solely because of Christ's work, He's promised that He'd remove your sins, assured you of of a life eternal, a better life to come. The Word promises it to you. But to you, perhaps, the church, perhaps it looks more like Nazareth, Nazareth than holy Jerusalem the people in the pews they're not perfect pastors aren't perfect these vessels these vessels don't appear to contain what scripture tells us that they do all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places here the skepticism within wonders can anything good can anything of God really come out of it what God's promised intersecting with what's seen this is life under the fig tree it's where Christians live life in this world really at every point and just like Nathaniel you're there God's Word and his promise tells you that he's working for your good in your life but what you see what you see it's not what you might expect and sin Sin would have its way with us. Just like it would have had its way with Nathaniel. Sin would have its, its way with us. Temptation would sink us in our inborn cynicism. Doubt would harden us in our natural disbelief. It would, but Jesus Christ won't have it. Jesus Christ won't have it. He graciously invades our lives as he did Nathaniel's. He invades our sin-induced blindness, turning skepticism, Nathanael's and ours, into bold confession. Nathanael's and ours, so that with Nathanael, we say, Jesus of Nazareth, you are. You are the Son of God. You are working in my life the good that you've promised. You see, he's enabled, just like our intro at said, our psalm said, he's enabled that confession. He's enabled the confession, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. Note this well, this, the sermon's not to inspire you to, to, to some living like Nathaniel. This sermon's to declare to you that, that you're no different than Nathaniel. Christ has decided to find you, just like our gospel text at the very beginning of it said, Christ decided to go to Galilee and find Nathaniel. And the Christ who knew Nathaniel inside and out, who searched him and knew him, who knew in his omniscience that Nathaniel was the sort to wear his hope on his sleeve, that Christ, he also knew all the things that Nathaniel inside hoped would never come to the light of day. His sins. He knows you that intimately too. He searches you. And me, and he knows you and me. And for the sins that we've done, because we're the sinners that we are, he declares, for this I've come. In the flesh I've come, and to the cross I've come to make atonement for you and for them all. To Calvary I've come, where sight alone sees only tragedy, but yet where in truth the Son of God achieved his greatest triumph. You're really no different than Nathaniel. The Holy Spirit's given you eyes to see beyond Nazarene, beyond the form of Nazarene, to see the divine, no different than the wise men, really, who were compelled to bend the knee of worship to this child who they knew and recognized to be God. No different than Simeon, who was blessed to behold the salvation God had prepared but yet in unexpected infant form you behold him in verbal and in sacramental form but to throw another idiom out there don't judge these books by their cover they're God's very chosen all the world is his in these means his word his sacraments These are the ones that he's chosen, though all the world be his. Shouldn't surprise us, though. Shouldn't surprise us. Recall God employed Nazareth. He chose Bethlehem Ephrathah, though it was least among the clans of Judah. He chose Mary, humble Mary, Joseph the carpenter as his vessels. He knew it best to achieve greatest things by way of a cross. Why would we expect him to act any differently now? He, he once used a tabernacle, a, a mere tent, a tapestry of goat and badger skins, but he yet used it to locate heaven on earth. So don't be surprised that he still veils heavenly things under the earthly. But friends, don't look for God anywhere else than in these things that he's chosen. Maybe you recall from last week the The statement by Martin Luther at the front of your bulletin. Remember what he said in part of that statement? He said, When we do look for God in other things, when we dismiss these means that God has chosen, we're going to come up with our own. They'll be empty, there'll be alternatives. We'll come up with our own, those which God has not chosen, those in which God will not be located. There's one ladder. There's one ladder between heaven and earth. There's only one thing by which heaven descends to man. And upon which man is lifted up to heaven and it's Jesus Christ. Jacob's true ladder. In fact, at the end of our gospel reading, maybe you noticed that Jesus interpreted himself as Jacob's ladder. The son of man upon which the angels of God ascend and descend. The son of man, he's yet the son of God. Connecting in his own person. Man and God only in this world where he, the latter, touches and joins man and God together. It's in the word and the sacraments. The old Scandinavian Christians, they had a real good grasp of this. A real good grasp of this, realizing that, well, I certainly don't see it. But yet it's true that when we join in that holy, 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 like we will later this morning, heaven's song, and on bended knee we receive that supper feast of victory, it's true that most certainly we do it with the angels. We confess that with the angels and the archangels. And with all the beloved company of heaven, our loved ones gone before us. And so with this in mind, those Scandinavian Christians, they designed... What many of our churches retain to this very day, a piece of chancel furniture, a communion table, that semi-circle, just like ours. Well, it's only half of a visible circle. It's by no means incomplete. That's exactly the way it was intended to be. You see, where the semi-circled communion rail ends, where it ends, symbolically it was there that it continued on. On the other side of reality's realm on heaven's side behind the veil the communion of saints below joining with saints above in heaven's eternal rest right here where heaven touches earth christ jacob's true ladder joining the two together it's no wonder then that we hear of old jacob of jacob in the old testament we hear that when he saw the vision of the ladder and waking in the morning, having having seen that revelation of the ladder bridging heaven and earth, he he placed a simple stone and he anointed it with simple oil and scripture says he trembled. He trembled and he said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, he said, and this is the gate of heaven. Life under the fig tree is where Christians live life, here below. Well, here below, God's work will be veiled, no less done, but will be veiled. He, God's work will be veiled in the unimpressive and the sometimes hard to comprehend ways. And often they'll seem to us to offer no more good than Nazareth. Don't be deceived, don't be distracted by the appearance You will see greater things. In due time, count on it. But because Christ's opened your eyes in faith, you already see him at work. and, And so you can be confident that he's accomplishing all things in your life that he's promised to do. You have his word in his name. Amen.
0: of all grace and call upon him on behalf of all of those who are in need, especially all in our church family who struggle with chronic illnesses, including Hugh Ryan, Paul Duell, Robert Latham, Dick and Elsie Munch, our sister in Christ, Georgia Delaney, who has been hospitalized, all others who have been recently struck with The incidences of flu, our brother in Christ Phil Schuster and his wife Margaret who is undergoing tests and will soon begin treatment at El Camino Hospital. For these and for others we pray. For the whole of creation that you, O Holy Creator, would preserve all that you have made and so order things in our world that the gospel of your Son would everywhere have free course and be preached for the salvation and preservation of souls throughout the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. prayer. For your holy church, that your word would be faithfully proclaimed and your sacraments rightly administered, and that the people you've entrusted to pastor's care would faithfully hear your word preached and gratefully receive your son's body and blood for the forgiveness of sins and the sustenance of the faith that your spirit has created within them in holy baptism. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the orderly transition of presidential power, we give you our thanks. Even as we thank you for the services rendered our nation by the president and administration now leaving office, we pray too for your blessings upon the president elect and his administration, that they may be enabled to successfully address the pressing issues of our times. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer for all the servants of our society, whose daily vocations place them in danger as they protect us, especially the members of our armed forces, police, firefighters and other rescue workers, that you would charge your holy angels to watch over them and guard them in all their ways. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer for those who suffer from natural disasters, for those facing hunger and bitter cold. For those without shelter for the hungry and the hurting for all of every age and place who cannot for reasons of age or ill health provide for themselves that the compassion of your people and that of the nations would provide for them the necessities of life lord in your mercy hear our prayer for the lonely the depressed the mentally ill the christ's faithful people might reach out to them in loving concern and that your never-ending promises may comfort them also, Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. For those who travel during the days to come, that you would keep them safe from harm and danger and deliver them to their destinations and then return them safely home. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For all of the children, that you would grant them parents as concerned for the nurturing of their souls as they are for the nurturing of their bodies. For infants still in the womb of their mothers, that their lives would be treasured by parents and protected by law, in a society which honors the sanctity of life and its weakest members, the unborn and the aged, Lord in your mercy, hear our prayer. For those who physically suffer from the flu, for those preparing for recovering from surgery, for those hospitalized or recently returned home from hospitalization, for those who suffer from chronic illness, for those who, through many hard days still long for heaven's rest that each may find comfort and consolation in the promises and the presence of christ and be encouraged by the prayers and compassion of his people lord in your mercy hear our prayer for those who commune this day that the true body and blood of christ received will deliver to each the forgiveness of sins and strengthen us unto eternal life lord in your mercy hear our prayer We give thanks to you, O Lord, for all who lived by faith and died in Christ Jesus, and now enjoy everlasting life. And we pray that we may follow the example of faithfulness they have set before us, and be an example of such faithfulness to those who follow after us, that with the saints of all the ages, we may forever dwell together in your presence through Jesus Christ, our Lord, whose light shines forth in his epiphany, and to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all glory and honor now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We say to the Lord. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, O Holy Father, almighty and everlasting God, for the countless blessings that you so freely bestow upon us in all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sin, giving him into death that we might not die eternally Because he is now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, all who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to new life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Holy, 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 Lord, God of Sabbath,
1: Death and that earth before our king shall the glory of your name sing Hosanna in the Vigas, sing Hosanna to the Lord. Only blessed is he who governs in the name of the Lord.
0: Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of all creation. For you have had mercy on us and given your only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. In your righteous judgment you condemned the sin of Adam and Eve who ate the forbidden fruit, and you justly barred them and all their children from the tree of life. And yet in your great mercy you promised salvation by a second Adam, your Son Jesus Christ our Lord, and made his cross a life-giving tree. For all who trust in Him, we give you thanks for the redemption you have prepared for us through Jesus Christ. Grant us your Holy Spirit that we may faithfully eat and drink of the fruits of His cross and receive the blessings of forgiveness and life and salvation that come to us in His body and blood. And hear us as we pray in His name and as He has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. us pray O God the Father the fountain and source of all goodness who in loving kindness sent your only begotten son into the flesh we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament and we ask you not to forsake your children but always to rule our hearts and our minds by your holy spirit that we may be enabled constantly to serve you through Jesus Christ your son our lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Receive now the benediction of the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. Amen.